a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, we follow up on last week's discussion about the origin and purpose of the letters that we find and other writings, like the Gospels and the Book of Revelation, that we find as part of the New Testament. We mentioned last week, and I'll reiterate that now because it's important to know, that the letters of Paul, at least most of them, were probably written before the Gospels were written. We know that because the letters of Paul don't mention the Gospels in them, And they certainly would have if the Gospels preexisted, but not necessarily vice versa. After all, if you were writing the book of Mark or Matthew or Luke, why would you quote from Paul's letters? That would not have been a necessity. You're writing a biography, more or less, of the life of Jesus, or shall we say a selected biography. So with that said, We know that Jesus was born before 4 B.C. We know that because Herod died in 4 B.C., and he was around, he was alive, when Jesus was born. So Jesus had to have been born before 4 B.C. We know when Herod died because there were coins that were minted to commemorate the inauguration of his sons who took over various portions of his kingdom in those date to 4 BC. That means that if Jesus lived approximately 30 years, then he started his ministry at about 26 AD, give or take a little bit. And then you have a three-year ministry. That means that contrary to the traditional 33 AD kind of a year. It was probably 28 or 29 when Jesus finished his ministry and was crucified and resurrected. The reason that's such a fascinating thing to know is because then when you look at the dating of the first letters that were written by the Apostle Paul, you can judge approximately how many years it was after the events of Jesus' life. The earliest letters of Paul, although there's some dispute on whether Galatians was first or 1 Thessalonians was first, most scholars would say 1 Thessalonians, penned approximately 45 to 50 AD. 
Galatians, slightly after or maybe slightly before, around 50 to 52 AD. And of course, First and Second Thessalonians were written to the church in Thessalonica, and Galatians written to the church in Galatia, and Philippians, the third book, written to the church in Philippi. Philippians was likely written just slightly after Thessalonians and Galatians, maybe 50 to 54 or 55 AD. Philemon, no one knows for sure, but some scholars put it in approximately that same time frame because of the content. Then we get to 1 Corinthians, perhaps in the mid-50s, 2 Corinthians, the late 50s, 55, 56, 57 AD. Romans is a fascinating work. It would have been slightly afterward. And then we have 1 and 2 Timothy. The exact dating is uncertain. The same way with Titus, it's very short. Ephesians, there are various ideas about when Ephesians were written, but Paul's letters were all probably written fairly early. None of them could have been written probably much after 60 AD. And I'll mention exactly why in a moment. We know that at least four, or probably four, of Paul's letters were lost. If you go to what we now have as 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, it mentions an earlier letter to Corinth. So that means our 1 Corinthians was really the second letter to Corinth. We also know that the third letter to Corinth mentions earlier letters. That happens in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, and in chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. So we have also a first letter to the Ephesians that is missing that's referenced in Ephesians 3, verses 3 and 4. And we know that there was what is now a lost letter to the Laodiceans. We read about that in Colossians chapter 4, verse 16. So we have three or four letters of Paul that ought to be, in fairness, part of the New Testament, which we don't have. Now on to the reason why these were all written probably before 60 to 62 AD. Ignatius, who was the third bishop of Antioch, wrote in one in eight, excuse me in 110 AD that Paul was martyred. Christian tradition says that Paul was beheaded in Rome during the reign of Emperor Nero at about 64 AD at the location that is now called Three Fountains Abbey. And so anything that Paul wrote must have been a few years prior to the time that he was beheaded, apparently at the behest of Emperor Nero. Now let's take a look at the Gospels. There is an idea that there was an underlying group of sayings of Jesus that had been circulating from a very early time. Those who listened to what Jesus had to say were astonished and in awe of what he said, and they wrote them down. This idea that there was a source document for Matthew, Mark, and Luke 
is the idea that there was a source Q. And the Q source comes from the Greek word quella, which means source or origin. The idea is that there was this group of sayings of Jesus that was the source for Mark's gospel, for also Matthew and Luke's gospels, in the form of probably the sayings of Jesus. And we now know that such a cluster or group of Jesus' original sayings did in fact exist. It's the Gospel of Thomas that's part of the Nag Hammadi Library. Let's go beyond that and talk about the first of the Gospels, Mark's Gospel, written by a young man named John Mark. John would have been Johanne, and Mark would have been Marcus. So he was likely a young man from a Jewish mother and a Greek father, which would have been a gospel family, or he wouldn't have been a missionary companion, so involved in the early church. John Mark wrote the book of Mark, according to the things which he was told by Peter, at least according to early Christian tradition. We read about John Mark in Acts chapter 12, verse 12, and in several other places. Again, in chapter 12, verse 25, you can read about him in chapter 13, verses 5 and 13, and in chapter 15, verse 37. Those all mention this John Mark, so he's actually in the book of Acts. Matthew was probably written a bit later, in about 75 A.D. It has the genealogy of Jesus, so it was placed first. We know it was written a little bit later because it has this interesting phrase implying a length of time because it says, unto this day, a couple of times in chapter 27, verse 8, and in chapter 28, verse 15. When we come back, we'll talk about Luke when it was written and about the Gospel of John and why. Today, our discussion centers on the New Testament, how it was formed, why it was written, and the purposes for which it was written. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today, which airs every Sunday at 6 a, 6.30 a.m. and at 9.30 p.m. If you'd like to listen by podcast, it's also available on KSL Podcasts and elsewhere. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment about this program, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to respond. Martinstanner at gmail.com. And in the reference section, please refer to Religion Today Show, and I will search for it and be 
please to respond. We took our break. We had just finished talking about Mark, written in about 64 A.D., and Matthew, probably written in about 75 A.D., again, dated based on the way the documents were written, the writing style, and according to early Christian tradition. When you get to Luke-Acts, and I talk about them that way because Luke is— Paul's physician, according to tradition, and Luke addresses the book of Luke to a gentleman named Theophilus, who's apparently a Roman official. And then we have the book of Acts, which refers to the prior letter. So this is a follow-up letter to Luke. Luke talks about Jesus' life and Acts follows up about the happenings in the early Christian faith after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. Luke and Acts were both probably written in approximately 80 AD, perhaps a little later. They were written by Luke, according to tradition, Paul's physician, who was a highly educated man. Luke is just a masterpiece. It is extremely well-authored, and whenever you see something in it, it has many references and points uh, from which we can derive the sources and the context of almost everything that's written there. It's, it's really, really well done. These first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke— are called the Synoptic Gospels. They are all very similar. Matthew and Luke quote extensively word for word from the book of Mark. So the idea is that Mark's gospel was written first, and then Matthew and Luke took that core description of Jesus' life and then added to it. Matthew added the sayings of Jesus, and Luke added parables and other items that that were of great interest. Then we get to the Gospel of John. Without a doubt, the last of the Gospels, but also written by someone who was apparently an eyewitness. How do we know that? There are details that only an eyewitness would know. We are told in the Gospel of John the amount of spices that were used by weight, to embalm the body of Jesus when he was placed in the tomb, right after he was taken down from the cross. We also have other great details. Now, the Gospel of John has a different flavor to it. The way it opens is very different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which were, without a doubt, written to those who would have been Jewish and Jewish Christian in their backgrounds. The Gospel of John, according to early Christian tradition, was written by John the Apostle to convert Greek-speaking Gentiles. And according to tradition, again, the Gospel of John was written somewhere towards the end of the first century A.D., and John the Apostle was killed, 
approximately 100 A.D., again, according to tradition. The rest of the New Testament is interesting. The book of James, and this is not James the Apostle, but James the brother, half-brother, if you will, of Jesus. If you take a look at Mark chapter 6, verse 3, says that Jesus had brothers. One was named Joseph, one was named Judas, and one was named Simon. He also had sisters. We know that Paul's letters were written before 58 or 60 AD, and we, we know that Peter's letters were written shortly after Paul's letters. Tradition says that Paul was crucified upside down by Nero shortly after um, Paul was beheaded. Why would Peter be crucified upside down? Because he said he was not worthy to be crucified right side up as Jesus had been. Jude or Judas, not the betrayer, but Jesus' brother Judas, referenced in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, according to early Christian tradition, wrote the book of Jude. And in it, he quotes First Enoch, which shows that the early Christians were quite well-versed in the traditions of Enoch. Revelation, the book of Revelation, and by the way, there is no S on the book of Revelation. If you use an S, don't do it. The book of Revelation, written probably about 95 to 100 AD, according to tradition, by the apostle John during the persecution of Domitian. Only this book really has an apocalyptic message in the New Testament. It looks a little bit like Matthew 24, which also has an apocalyptic message. What does the word apocalyptic come from? Apocalypse? That has kind of a negative notation or connotation now, but what it really meant was something uncovered. It meant to uncover something or make it seen. Apocalyptic meant the book of Revelations was revealing or uncovering what was to happen shortly after its contents and then for some time into the future. There are some books that were part of the New Testament that we no longer find there. Among those is the Shepherd of Hermas, written in about 88 AD as a manual for new Christian converts. The exact title is The Shepherd by Hermas. It is kind of shortened to The Shepherd of Hermas. It was deleted from the Bible in the third century because it wasn't closely enough connected to an apostle. Another book that was part of the New Testament canon but was removed after a while is the Didache, written approximately 90 A.D. The Didache is the teachings of the Twelve Apostles about baptism and the sacrament. It was also deleted in the third century because its origins were a bit uncertain. So how early are the earliest manuscripts that we have of the New Testament fragments? Because some people might say, well, you can say that's how early it was written, but it must have been much after that. The earliest known fragment of Matthew 
is from the Sackler Library in Oxford and from the Oxyrhynchus papyrus. Um, dates to about 90 AD. That's pretty amazing that we have a New Testament fragment, the actual fragment of Matthew, that dates to within about 40 or 50 years of the time of Christ and within 20 or 30 years of the time that the book of Matthew was written. When you get to the Gospel of John, the earliest known papyrus that we have of that one, the earliest known fragment of a papyrus, is in the Rylands Library in Manchester, England. And that dates to somewhere, it's so small it's uncertain exactly how early. It dates to about 70 to 120 AD. Again, very early. It's an incredible legacy that we have about the New Testament. There are far more manuscripts of the New Testament. There are approximately 5,800 manuscripts of the New Testament that date to the first several centuries after the time of Christ. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Please join me again next week. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.